0: Welcome to Formula Bones 2022 Sao Paulo Grand Prix Recap. I'm Jared Borislow, but you can call me J-Bone. Let's get into it, folks. J-Bone! First up, let's talk about the biggest storylines from the 2022 Sao Paulo Grand Prix Race Weekend. It was, of course, a sprint weekend, and it started off with an absolute banger of a Friday qualifying. Haas driver Kevin Magnussen did the unthinkable at Brazil qualifying and made Haas delusion syndrome sufferers around the world's brains explode by getting pole position, becoming Haas's first ever pole sitter and the fourth new pole sitter this season, behind Checo, Sainz and Russell. And yes, HDS sufferers, it is in fact true that Kevin Magnussen officially has as many pole positions this F1 season as both Mercedes drivers combined. No illusion syndrome, just vibes. There was then the sprint race, which was F1's most entertaining sprint race yet, featuring approximately a Brazilian overtakes. Pole sitter K-Mag, unfortunately, dropped down the order pretty quickly, as we all expected, but he did still manage to score a singular, well-deserved point by finishing P8. Alonzo and Ocon further showed us all how much their relationship has deteriorated ever since we all thought they were besties after Ocon's Hungary win last season. Lance Stroll further showed us he's not a fan of having cars try to pass him, which, you know, is not a good trait to have when you're Lance Stroll. Mick Schumacher charged through the sprint field like a man possessed, which, unfortunately for him, does not appear to have been enough for him to keep his Haas seat. Rumor has it Nico Hulkenberg will be announced as Haas's second seat driver later this week. Now, it probably did not help that, you know, Mick's teammate was on pole in qualifying and Mick was dead last creating the forbidden Haas sandwich. And finally, George Russell was the type of guy to only be able to win sprint races. That is, until Sunday's race. Friday hero K-Mag sadly was crashed out of the race by Daniel Ricciardo, who then took the only seat in the medical car, leaving K-Mag stranded out on track like a stunned groundhog at circuit Gilles Villeneuve. He's lucky Latifi didn't spot him. Daniel later received a three-place grid drop in Abu Dhabi for this crash, by the way. Fernando Alonso had an incredible drive going from P17 to P5. Leclerc had an insane recovery drive going from a wall and P18 all the way up to P3 in his head because he believed Signs should give up his podium spot to him so that he could have a better shot at P2 in the World Drivers' Championship. Why would Signs do that? That's crazy. LeClaire actually finished P4. Still a very impressive recovery drive. Max. Ever heard of this guy, Max Verstappen? He got a highly controversial penalty for colliding with Lewis that, when paired with the damage he picked up, ruined his race and made him extra grumpy, which may have contributed to a particular decision he made later in the race that I'll be going in-depth on later this episode, so stick around. Mercedes went 1 as well as 1-2 for the first time this season, with George Russell getting his first-ever race win as well as the fastest lap, and Lewis Hamilton coming home P2, This 1-2 for Mercedes has shrunk their gap to P2 in the Constructors to just 19 points with one race remaining, meaning this battle for P2 in the Constructors' Championship is going to be so fun to watch in Abu Dhabi. And speaking of P2 battles, the battle for P2 in the Drivers' Championship is also going to be so fun to watch, especially after what Max did or didn't do to Checo, which again, I'll be going in-depth on later this episode, so stick around. It's now time to check in with you all regarding how my three bonafide race predictions fared at the Sao Paulo Grand Prix. My first race prediction was that Lewis Hamilton would finish on the podium at the Sao Paulo Grand Prix and ding ding, J-Bone got that one right. J-Bone! Lewis finished P2 just behind George Russell and P1 giving Mercedes their first 1-2 finish of the season and making J-Bone say J-Bone! My second race prediction was that Esteban Ocon and Lance Stroll would both record top 10 finishes at the Sao Paulo Grand Prix, and ding ding, J-Bone also got that one right. J-Bone! Even though it wasn't rainy for the sprint nor the Grand Prix as predicted, which was the whole reason I actually made this prediction in the first place, Esteban Ocon still finished P8 and Lance Stroll still finished P10 to make J-Bone's prediction come true. My third and final race prediction was that Pierre Gasly would finish in the penalty points at the Sao Paulo Grand Prix. And while this may be my only prediction that didn't come true, it came pretty close to coming true, with Pierre Gasly getting in trouble with the stewards twice in Brazil, receiving a summons and a warning after he drove unnecessarily slowly during pre-sprint race reconnaissance laps, and a five second Grand Prix time penalty for speeding in the pit lane during the race, though neither of these two infringements resulted in any penalty points. Now, regardless, I will still be rewarding myself with a half point here because I believe I deserve it for being so close to being correct, which means you all get a half J-bone. J-ba! Going two and a half for three on my bonafide race predictions. It's not too shabby, fam, but again, Everyone knows I could not possibly end the season without another perfect three for three showing. So make sure you toss me a subscription so you can hear my Abu Dhabi Grand Prix race predictions the second that they drop later this week. Jaybon! Fall is chaos in your pants. You're overheating one second and freezing the next. To be ready for anything, you need underwear that can handle everything. You need Tommy John underwear. Tommy John was founded in 2008 by married entrepreneurs, Tom Patterson and Aaron Fujimoto to solve the problems that men and women have with their underwear and apparel. That means no pinching, bunching or riding up name a problem with other underwear and Tommy John's solved it. Tommy John's breathable lightweight fabric has four times the stretch of competing brands. They come with a no wedgie guarantee. Thanks to a non rolling waistband and legs that never ride up. Plus, They feature a horizontal quick-draw fly. Now, as a big thigh boy myself, I've always struggled to find a nice pair of underwear that doesn't ride up when my hocks rub together. And folks, I found it with Tommy John's Second Skin 6-inch Boxer Briefs. You should get Tommy John too if you want the most comfortable underwear in the game. But they aren't just making the world's best underwear. They also have incredible loungewear as well, such as my beloved Lounge Jogger. Now, another one of my favorite things about Tommy John is they are a best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free guarantee. So you can shop all their products without risking ending up with something you don't like. Go to Tommyjohn.com slash Fbone right now for 20% off your first order. 20% off at Tommyjohn.com slash Tommyjohn.com slash Fbone. See site for details. Next up. It's time to respond to some Sao Paulo Grand Prix-themed voicemails left by members of the Bone Brigade, just like you, on the Bone Phone. If you're new to Formula Bone, welcome. After every single race this season, I do one of these race recap episodes, and a large part of them is me responding to questions, comments, hot takes, and more left by members of the Bone Brigade, just like you, on the Bone Phone, the phone number for which is 1-833-200-0966, And if you live somewhere where it's difficult to make phone calls, I have created a channel in the Formula Bone Discord server where you can submit voice memos directly from your phone rather than calling the hotline number. You can check that out via the Discord invite link in the description of this episode. Also, just join the Formula Bone Discord anyways because it's a very fun F1 community where you can have some great F1 conversations. Link in the description of this episode. So during or after each race, Whenever you have an interesting thought, hot take, complaint, or anything else like that, make sure to hit up the Bone phone or the Formula Bone Discord for a chance at your voicemail being played on the show. Without further ado, here's the first call. Hi, J-Bone. This is Bree from Atlanta. So I know this is one of the bigger controversies of the race, but what do you make of Max not giving up his position to Checo? I know there's a bunch of rumors swirling around how it's Max getting back at Teco for Monaco. Um, obviously, no one really knows the truth on that, but just let me get your take. Jay Bone! Somehow, way, neither Kevin Magnussen getting his and Haas's first ever pole position nor George Russell getting his first career win and Mercedes' first win of the season ended up the biggest storyline to come from the Sao Paulo Grand Prix race weekend. Instead, all the headlines are being dominated by the team orders call heard round the world and Max Verstappen's refusal to let his teammate Checo Perez past him on the final lap of the race so that Checo could finish P6 instead of P7 and thus go into the final race of the season in Abu Dhabi in solo P2 in the World Drivers' Championship, two points clear of Charles Leclerc, rather than tied at P2 with Leclerc. Now, Max has all but flat out admitted that the reason he did this was because he wanted to get back at Checo, for Checo allegedly intentionally crashing during Monaco qualifying, so that he would get the preferred race strategy over Max, which we all know worked, if it is actually what Checo did, and led to Checo winning at Monaco with a lot of help from Ferrari, of course. And when I say Max has all but flat out admitted this, I'm referring to how when Max was asked if he didn't let Checo through because of Monaco, Max did not deny it and responded, you can decide that. Now, by the way, I have gone back and watched footage and looked at onboard data from this qualifying session. And it does indeed appear plausible to me that Checo's crash was intentional based on how much throttle he gave and the location at which he gave it being much different than in previous flying laps he did. It also appears plausible to me that Checo did this because Monaco was literally the race immediately after Spain, which is where Checo had his famous line, that's very unfair, but okay, in response to team orders that favored Max. So it makes sense to me that Checo would be jonesing for some revenge in Monaco. Now, for the sake of discussion, let's assume for a second that all this Monaco chatter is true, Do I think that this was an appropriate way for Max to get back at Checo? No. Max has already gotten everything he could really ask for out of this season with the Drivers' and Constructors' Championships already secured, but Checo and Red Bull absolutely do not have everything that they want out of this season. Checo is still trying to finish P2 in the World Drivers' Championship and secure the best season finish of his career, and Red Bull are trying to have both their drivers finish 1-2 in the World Drivers' Championship for the first time in their team's storied history. Red Bull has accomplished a lot of things, but they've never had their drivers go 1-2 in the championship. Max had the opportunity to give Checo and his team the advantage here, but instead, he relegated them to level pegging, all in the name of petty revenge. It's not like he was being asked to give up a podium position like Ferrari could have asked Sainz to do but smartly didn't Max was being asked to go from P6 to P7 the point being made here by Max definitely did not match the magnitude of the action or in this case inaction that he was taking to make it you would hope that Max would be able to let bygones be bygones by factoring in all the times Checo has helped him even if he did hurt him that one time in Monaco if Checo did, in fact, intentionally crash in that qualifying. You could also maybe think Max was like, okay, I already got both the titles locked up, so whatever, Checo. I'll just let you on by. But alas, Max did not let Checo by. Max, Checo, Christian Horner, and Helmut Marco have all since stated that during their Brazil debrief, they all agreed that Max would help Checo in Abu Dhabi if need be, which is a step in the right direction but if Leclerc outscores Checo and Abu Dhabi to take P2 in the World Drivers' Championship, and honestly, even if Checo still does end up P2 with or without Max's help there, you cannot help but feel like this may be just the start of some major intra-team drama at Red Bull. Next call. What's up, J-Bone? This is Jared calling from Michigan. I'm curious about your thoughts on Mercedes basically prioritizing George's first career win instead of keeping uh, Lewis's win streak alive. Uh, as a Mercedes fan personally, I'm just glad we had a good result. And we finally got a win, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts. J bone. My take here is that Mercedes didn't actually ever make a choice between prioritizing George's first career win or keeping Lewis's at least one win per season streak alive. And instead. Just left it all up to the drivers. Now, you could make a case that Mercedes were maybe lightly prioritizing George because they didn't let Lewis take advantage of his slightly extended first tire stint, but you always at least lightly prioritize your driver who's already in P1, all things similar. And I believe that if Mercedes had done any real prioritizing, they would have told George as much over team radio when he asked about it near the end of the race before the final safety car restart, instead of telling George that he and Lewis were still racing each other for the win and not just securing a safe one-two finish by staying George B1, Lewis B2. I believe George earned this race win fully on merit and through no team orders or anything on Mercedes's part. If George had locked up or gone wide there at the end, I believe Lewis would have passed him without a second thought and taken the win from him, with Mercedes not caring whatsoever as long as they still finished 1-2. George did an amazing job upon the final safety car restart, though, and kept Lewis out of DRS range. He pretty much drove a flawless race on Sunday that I believe fully deserved his P1 result. I also really, really respect Mercedes for allowing George and Lewis to race each other for the win, especially considering they are still very much in the hunt for P2 in the World Constructors Championship and any sort of collision between them would have made their bid way, way more difficult. So thank you for being fun, Mercedes. This episode of the Formula Bone F1 show is also sponsored by Chime. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? Is it checking up on your credit score? Didn't think so. At Chime, that's exactly what they do. With their secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card, you can start to build credit with your own money. Chime reports your payments to credit bureaus to help you build credit over time. Their members see an increase of 30 points on average. All of this with no annual fees, large security deposits, or credit checks to apply. So start your credit journey with Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at Chime.com FBone. That's chime.com slash Fbone with F B O N E all lowercase. The chime credit builder visa credit card is issued by stride bank. NA pursuant to a license from visa USA chime checking account and $200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply for the secured chime credit builder visa credit card. Regular on-time payment history can have a positive impact on your credit score. Impact to score may vary and some user scores may not improve. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply, except all MoneyPass ATMs in a 7-Eleven or any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. Next call. I know Abu Dhabi this weekend will be Sebastian Vettel's final race. Can you run through some of his biggest accomplishments for us new fans who weren't around for his glory years? I certainly can, though I may cry as I do it. As the caller noted, this weekend's Abu Dhabi Grand Prix will mark F1 legend Sebastian Vettel's final Formula One race So here's a list of Seb's greatest accomplishments. Sebastian Vettel is a four time world drivers champion, winning all of them in a row from 2010 to 2013 during a stretch of true dominance. He holds the all time record for the most consecutive formula one race wins, which he achieved back in 2013 when he won an astounding nine races in a row. No driver before or since Seb has achieved even eight. Speaking of wins, Vettel's 53 P1 finishes ranks third all-time behind just Lewis Hamilton and Michael Schumacher. Seb also holds the all-time record for the most pole positions in a season when he was on pole an insane 15 times in 2011. Speaking of pole positions, Seb became the youngest pole sitter in F1 history at the 2008 Italian Grand Prix at just 21 years, 72 days of age, a record that has not since been broken. Additionally, Seb has the record for the most laps led in a season when he led 739 laps in 2011 and the record for the most points between first and second in the World Drivers' Championship when he finished the 2013 season 155 points clear of Fernando Alonso in P2. Donka, Seb. Next call. Hey, J-Bone, and Sam in Milwaukee. I've got a question about Mercedes. Uh, if Lewis doesn't win in Abu Dhabi and George was the only driver on the team to get a 2022 win, what could that mean for Mercedes driver dynamic in the future? Unlike this season, I think Mercedes are going to be fighting for P1 in both the World Drivers and Constructors Championships next season. And I think they're going to be doing so without a quote unquote number one driver at the start of the season. Unless George Russell DNFs in Abu Dhabi and Lewis Hamilton wins the race with the fastest lap, George will finish the 2022 season ahead of Lewis Hamilton in the World Drivers' Championship. And even if that does somehow happen, Nobody should reasonably expect George to sit back and be Mercedes' number two driver next season behind Lewis after how well this season has gone for him, all things considered. I think Mercedes will go into next season allowing their two drivers to duke it out until or unless it becomes clear that one driver has a significantly better shot at a World Drivers' Championship than the other, and I, for one, am very excited about this prospect. That's it. For today's episode, if you want to support Formula Bone and are able to, I'd really appreciate it if you bought a piece of Formula Bone merch available now on bolanmedia.com shop. I've placed a link to the Formula Bone shop in the description of this episode. And if you're looking for a free way you can support Formula Bone, just toss the YouTube video of this episode a like and my YouTube channel a subscription so that the YouTube algorithm likes me more. For Formula Bone updates between now and my Abu Dhabi Grand Prix preview episode later this week, you can join over 900 members of the Bone Brigade in the Formula Bone Discord server via the invite link in the description of this episode, and you can follow me on all social media at Formula Bone and at my real name, Jared Borislow, that's at J-A-R-E-D-B-O-R-I-S-L-O-W. Until next time, folks, J-Bone!